Armchair. There's something, I'll say there's something kind of yeah about a kid that's never played baseball. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, and flat out deceived. Why did you get so drunk? You got drunk. <laughs> I'm just really exhausted. What's in that cup? I'm a coax. Do you have any idea how important you this is? Do you have any idea? Really, this is what you're doing? Do you have any idea? What do you want to do tonight? Same thing we do every night. Try to take over the world. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Armchair. YouTube Live. Radio Station. The radio station you can call your own. Do you know what listeners like about our station? I like everything. It's always on my radio. Stop the music, except for now, when I talk. You're listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. We're here live weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern, WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country, your first choice for Southern sports. Good afternoon. I'm Mac McGee, and I don't know much, but I know one thing. I'm willing to bet Calvin Ridley he don't bet again. He's back in the league, baby. Let's go. Armchair. Community Access Channel. He's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. Fantastic as we are getting to, we're getting ready for a hell of a week, not just here, but around the globe in the world of sports. You've got March Madness, you've got the World Baseball Classic, you've got spring training, you got Calvin Ridley back in the National Football League. If you missed that, he was just reinstated by the National Football League about an hour or so ago. And they are ro- ready and to rock and roll in Jacksonville, adding a team, adding a player of that caliber after making that run that they made in the playoffs last year. There's nothing but excitement in Duval. And then I saw the thing with Will Levis. As I said this morning or last night, regardless, found it very interesting that the Atlanta Falcons were the first team to interview him and evidently had quite the interview with him. Remember, the Falcons are sitting at number eight. If he's sitting there at number eight, there's a chance Atlanta could go towards the quarterback. Now, a lot of people don't think they will. After drafting Desmond Ritter, they may wait a year. But, hey, if you get a chance to get a big, strong kid like that and you believe in him, this is a quarterback league, and why not? So you've got that going on. World Baseball Classic starts in a few days. A lot of the players are already leaving the facility. I saw that Acuna and Eddie Rosario have already left to join the world baseball classic and those games get going in the next few days. I don't believe the, the U S 
the first U.S. game, game that counts. Now, they may play an exhibition or so, but the first U.S. game that counts in the World Baseball Classic is Saturday night, 9 p.m., and I believe that's Fox. And then they have some really bad times. I was looking at it, and I could not believe how bad the times were on the World Baseball Classic. You're talking about... Sorry, I didn't realize I still had that up on on our screen. There's the scoreboard. Try to share that scoreboard when we jump on in in the afternoons. Uh, The World Baseball Classic... Most of the most of the games that are being played by the United States are like 10 p.m. on I believe FS1 has most of them. I'm like who's in charge of this? I get that they're playing out in Arizona in in the first uh round pool. But 10 p.m. Eastern? It's the United States. Put them on primetime, morons. Put them at 8 p.m. What the heck are we doing? Nine at the very, very latest. And remember something about the World Baseball Classic. They're not going to have all these rules that have been implemented into Major League Baseball. So you're not going to have a pitch clock. You're not going to have the shift ban, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The games are going to take longer. So you start those games at 10 p.m. Eastern. You'll be lucky to get to bed at 1.30. And I was thinking about doing some games right here on Braves Country HD. When I saw the starting times, I was like, there's just no way. I can't I, I can't do a game at 10 and then I have to be at, at my uh morning job uh have to be up and at them by about six, six thirty. There's just no way. So that's that is uh out the door. If one falls in my lap and I have a chance to do it, I will do one because I'm I'm excited about it. Gonna talk to Timus about Timus, by the way, does not like it. And I know why he says He's going to say why he doesn't like. We haven't got into it yet, but we're kind of texting back and forth. And I do understand the people that don't like it, but I, for one, am a little excited about it, especially after the U.S. just winning it last time. Um, And then, of course, the National Football League, all kinds of moves are flying off the board. If you missed it, just a little while ago, Derek Carr signed a four-year, $150 million deal. He's headed to Nolens. He's going to be an Orleans Saint. Bud Dupree was cut by the Tennessee Titans, saving $9.5 million off the cap. Tony Pollard moved some of his money to where it's basically all became a signing bonus. Going to read some of this stuff off to you real quick as I... Uh, it, it was coming in hot and heavy as I was getting ready for the show. In case you missed it, Major League Baseball, Mike Moustakis signed a minor league deal with the Rockies. Now, that could be interesting. If, if he get back to his old form, Mike Moustakis, someone that uh, can put a charge into the ball. Brad Hand signed a one-year, $2 million contract with the Rockies as well. Trevor Rosenthal over the weekend signed with the Detroit Tigers. It's a minor league contract. Will Smith, remember our old buddy Will Smith, the pitcher? He signed a one-year deal with the Rangers. I swear the, the Rangers are just taking all of our all of our retread. I don't want to say our garbage, but all of our uh recyclables 
and they are trying to build a baseball team over there in Texas. Rich Rod, remember Rich Rod? He signed with the the Marlins. Speaking of a guy that did not make it in Atlanta, and talked about the Derek Carr, the Tony Pollard. Um, I'm sorry, Tony Pollard was offered the tr- franchise tag. I had that backwards in my head. Bud Dupree was released, and it was Taysom Hill that converted his money into a signing bonus, essentially. I think seven of the eight million is going to the signing bonus. And there was someone else that did that for New Orleans. Who was it? Uh Demario Davis, inside linebacker, converted seven million of his salary into a signing bonus, clearing five point six. So all these things were being done, and you could read the tea leaves that Mr. Carr was on his way. Okay, we're gonna take a really quick break. When we come back. The Sarge is with us. We're going to talk some Major League Baseball, by God. His uh, Boston Red Sox are actually playing right now, and they're beating the Tigers 7-1. to one. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country. And Braves Country HD, wherever you stream, we've got Braves Baseball tomorrow night right here on Braves Country. Tuesday, March 7th, 6.05 Eastern, first pitch. Braves Country is bringing you Atlanta Braves Boston Red Sox, pitch by pitch, inning by inning, from Northport, Florida, at Cool Today Park. Red Sox versus Braves broadcast will begin 6 Eastern, first pitch delivered by 6.05. Catch all the action right here. Make sure to like and subscribe. Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country for Atlanta Braves baseball all year long. It's the best in sports and entertainment and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning right here with the best in sports and entertainment all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Enjoy sun-drenched days, epic stays, and plenty of room to roam in Greater Fort Lauderdale. Our hotels, attractions, and restaurants have taken the Visit Lauderdale's Safe and Clean Pledge so you can relax and explore with confidence. When you're ready for that well-deserved staycation, our 23 miles of golden beaches await. Find wide-open spaces to hike, bike, kayak, and paddleboard. Visit your favorite attractions, then dine out in style in dining rooms or al fresco on waterfront patios. Learn more at sunny.org. We live in a world now that welcomes and nurtures the screwball in all of us. Hey, it's a new decade, people. Time to get a little nutty. Treat yourself to screwball peanut butter whiskey, a smooth flavor that combines two of America's favorites, peanut butter and American whiskey. So no more social awkwardness. Time to embrace who you truly are. Get out there and make friends. And be sure it starts with screwball peanut butter whiskey. It's available nearly everywhere. Learn more at screwballwhiskey.com. Infinium Spirits. Please enjoy responsibly. I'm the dude. So that's what you call me, you know, uh, that or, uh, his dudeness or, uh, duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Oh, baby, let's go. Monday. 
Sarge. Guess who's back? Back again. How are you doing, Mr. Timus Williams? Your uh, mic is muted, sir. Muted, sir. Good, brother. Little foggy after you, but I think I can think I can carry on a genuine, relatively intelligent conversation here. If not, we'll find out. <laughs> yep, we'll find out. I don't think it'd be the first time that you and I have had a conversation where one of us might be inebriated. So, uh, yeah, I'd say the chances are better than somewhat. Yeah, the, the SARS just came from from the doctor is what he's referring to. So he's a little loopy, but uh, just a free buzz, man. That's all it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, you're the Red Sox. I noticed they're up seven to one. I know it's spring training. It's just the Tigers, it's, it still feels good when you see your team winning. It just does. Yeah, it just goes to see baseball back. And, you know, I watched a game yesterday. It was the first one I've been able to watch in its entirety. And, you know, half the players toward the end, you don't have a clue who they are. But who cares, man? The whole thing sounds, the crowd's there. You know, it's, I'm glad it's back. It's exciting. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed spring training. But maybe that's because I get a little more into the weeds with the, you know, with my team. Now I'm not going to sit here and try and tell you that I watch a bunch of other spring training games. If there's a guy that I really want to see that I haven't seen before, then then maybe. Like for instance, I've got a guy uh, on, on my dynasty baseball team, Jack Leiter. If I know Jack Leiter was going to pitch, I I would like to see him pitch, but. I don't think I'm going to hang around and watch an entire Texas Rangers game waiting for, for that opportunity. I saw that he got in the other day and pitched well, but usually what I do is I find out, oh, so-and-so pitched, so-and-so at bat, a young kid, even if it's not fantasy-related, if you're just a fan of a player or, or curiosity, and I'll go and watch the at-bats because there's so many guys that we grew up watching that now their kids are, are – in the major leagues and I'm always interested. Those are the guys that I'm always interested in, you know, Al Leiter's son, Jack Leiter, Matt holidays, kid, uh, supposed to be one of the best up and coming infielders, most likely shortstops in all of major league baseball, Jackson holiday. Um, man, the Orioles are loaded with young kids. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be, uh, you know, they're working their way back. They were cellar dwellers for a long time, but absolutely. You can't say that anymore. Not about Baltimore. You can't. No, they are look, I I've already taken them on a bet out in Vegas. I found a the over under win total for them seventy seven and a half. And I felt like that was incredibly low. And I th I think they clear it. I think this was a team that had they gone for it last year, they may have made the playoffs as a wild card. They were right there teetering and they ended up being sellers. I don't, I just don't think they're going to do that two years in a row. I think I, if they're sitting there, they're now they're not going to go bananas and trade away their farm system to bring in Shohei Otani so that they can be a wild card contender for, for three months. But I could see them going in and adding pieces and bullpen pieces, that kind of thing and having a decent shot at it. Oh yeah. They, uh, they proved last year. I mean, nobody really play them. And they, those young kids, 
didn't seem overly intimidated by who they were facing or everything. They were getting hits. They were scoring runs. Um, it was they walked all over Boston. You know, I mean, we were the lat. We were looking up at Baltimore last year. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> right now, the Bakota standings has Boston above Baltimore. I wouldn't take that bet. Me neither. Not right now. I they Boston's got way, way, way too much to prove. There's too many ifs uh, right now. I I would have to take Baltimore, unfortunately. I I do think Boston's one of the more intriguing teams because when I look at their roster, it it reminds me a little of a few years ago when no one thought Boston had a chance, and they got all the way into what the ALCS versus uh, Houston Houston. And it has that same feel because look, if you look at that roster, if things break the right way, that could be a competitive team. I'm not saying world series, but then again, if you get to the point of the trading deadline, they could be, they could be a team that's buying. When I see guys like Adam Duvall and I see the guys they already have, like the Kike Hernandez and the kid that they brought in from Japan. Mm-hmm. And for the Red Sox fans' sake, hopefully the the reemergence of Chris Sale, who when he was in his prime was the deadliest lefty in, in baseball. Yeah, he was mowing them, mowing them down. Uh, what he did in eight, 2018 was phenomenal. And of course he had, I mean, that was, that was a completely different team too. That I can't talk about 2018 yet because of Mookie. So I'm still not in a place spiritually. I can speak about that wonderful, wonderful team of ours back then. But yeah, Chris, he's kind of the catalyst as far. I think a lot of that's going to fall on his shoulders this year. You know, if Sale's in there and he's competing and competing well, uh, it's a motivator for the rest of the team. Uh, but it's not all on his shoulders. Obviously, you know, there's nine positions, and we gotta we gotta score some runs. I would kind of like to see a team sort of like the O three O four team. You know, there's veterans on there. There's different new guys. And you got to, I think we need a, another big bopper, at least one, you know, uh, just be, it would be nice to have a contact hit team that was successful because you don't see that much in the American league, you know? Right. You know, this, so you brought to my attention, the injury to the lefty veteran that the Red Sox were kind of counting on. Uh, John Paxson, what is, what is the story? I always say John, it's James Paxson. Yeah. What, what is the story on uh, Paxton? Well, he had Tommy John last year, so we knew he wasn't going to be in last year, but we all eyes on him coming up. We, we were like, okay, so if sales healthy, you get Paxson and then, you know, throwing a couple of newer guys and things like that. We lost Evaldi. But the other day, his first game in almost two years, he 
goes out, pitches less than two innings and pulls a hamstring. And it's so severe. They're saying he, he won't even be on the opening day roster again this year. You had well, opening day roster. I'm, you know, stretch. Was it a, ham, was it a hamstring tear or was no, it pull? It was a hamstring pull, which usually take an extremely long time to heal. Yeah, well, I think the biggest thing that it does is, especially considering the injury that he's coming off of, hamstring, Tommy John. You want to make sure his legs are one hundred percent. Because if they're not, and he's cheating towards any side because you know, because his legs aren't aren't there, or even if he doesn't have the confidence that his legs are there, right? Then he could pull something in his arm or his shoulder against. I understand why they're taking their time. Um, plus, he's not a guy that you're necessarily leaning on for top of the rotation. You're hoping he can. I mean, let's be honest. The guy coming off of Tommy John. And now he's going to miss opening day. You hope in a perfect world, he can get you somewhere between 15 to 20 starts. And if he can do that at a decent clip, we're saying, you know, a respectable four ERA in today's game uh -huh. that, that would exceed expectations in my book. I, I think that's kind of what we were hoping for. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to come out and be, you know, Doc Gooden or something. Um, we were hoping, though, a good number three or four guy, um, or at least play. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, man. He guy is uh, snake bit when it comes to injuries. Yeah, he's been. Uh, you know, I until you sent it to me, I had totally forgotten about the Red Sox signing him because he's been. I mean, I, if you, if you would have asked me. Late on a Friday night, what happened to James Paxson? I'd be like, didn't he retire? Like, I, I, I just just haven't seen him. But it's kind of similar to what's going on with Soroka for the Braves because Soroka had a uh, hamstring. I believe his was just tightness, um, and it pushed back his original throwing program going into spring training. Now he's back to it. They're hoping that he can still make so, obviously he's not our opening day starter but like the opening week ish rotation but he's got to get things going because you because you got to build it up and if not i've been thinking all along anyways that he's going to start off the year in the minors i mean this kid hasn't played realistically since 2019 2020 he tore his ace his uh achilles in like the second or third start in that shortened season. Then he, then, then he tried to come back, I guess too early in 21 and they crapped that out. I said, okay, we're going to have another surgery. Let's go and bring you back. And then basically feels like, it, I mean, it was like, it was like groundhog day. Here we go again. They had to shut him down again. So he hasn't gotten on the field and he talked about right before he heard his hamstring, how great it is to be healthy for the first time in 2019. And I'm telling you team was, it was like 72 hours after I read that. Eh, Soroka's being shut down for a little bit. Cause he hurt his hammy. I'm like, of course he did. Cause you jinxed it, buddy. That's a, you know, that's how that goes down. I, I just have, I've, they're professional 
ball player. And they have doctor staffs, physical therapists, massage therapists, all these people on hand. How are they still pulling muscles in the second week of spring training? The hamstring is the weird one for me because I'm with you. You would think that you would, especially when you've gone through an injury like that, if it was some guy who's never hurt and thinks in, so he probably thinks he's made a steal like a, trying to think of like a Max Scherzer or Bogart. Yeah. That doesn't really get injured. Yeah. Right. I'm talking about from a pitcher standpoint, if it's an older pitcher, who's never really been hurt that much and he hurt his hamstring, I'd be like, that dude didn't stretch. Yeah. But Paxton, especially because he's a veteran coming off of Tommy John, that's a head scratcher. Soroka, his supposedly was tightness. And I'm telling you what that was. At the end of the day, when it's all said and done, what that was, was you feel something. No, 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 no. Let's shut her down. We're not pushing you. It's February, my guy. We're not. No, we're not doing this again. There were all kinds of red flags going up. We no, we have done this. We have done this three years in a row. We're not doing this again. So until you're ready. And so now really what it comes down to at this point, it's on the athlete, right? To make sure that they stretch, stay in shape, et cetera, et cetera, so that they can go to the post. Because I say this a lot and I know it's something, I don't even remember where I stole it from originally because it's been regurgitated so many times in the world of sports, but the best available, the best ability is availability in the world of sports. And a guy like Paxton, I mean, what is he? he he's got to be mid thirties, right? Oh yeah. He was with Seattle for ever. Yeah, he was, I mean, that dude was, that guy was a stud in Seattle. Yes. Early part of last decade. Yeah. He's been around. There's no doubt. He's, he's gotta be in his thirties, mid thirties. He's never really lived up to expectations in New York when he went to the Yankees. That was kind of banged up there too, wasn't he? That and even when he did, because the thing about Paxton is he's not, he's never been a guy that blows you away. Of course, he's not going to, as you get older, unless you're doing some Barry Bonds type things, you're not going to you know, get better, right? Right. Um, so he's a guy that's going to pitch you, right? And he just never really, he, he, he I, I'm not going to say he was terrible in the Bronx, but he, he wasn't what they thought he was going to be. I mean, he wasn't like on the same level as, uh, the kid's name slipping in my mind right now, but the one that the Nationals signed to a long-term deal thinking that he, he was the end all that beats all. And though they won a world series with him on the roster, he has been an absolute disaster. The left-handed kid is, I'll think of his name in a second, but it wasn't quite that bad of a contract, but it was a pretty bad contract for him for the Yankees to swallow at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of those guys, they come over from the West Coast into the AL East, and it's not the same as what they're used to. You know, they... Uh, yeah, well, pitching in Seattle, which at the time was a pitcher's park. Now, now they've moved the fences in now. But at the time, Seattle was a true pitcher's park. Yeah. You go from there to the Bronx with that short porch. And, oh, by the way, I know it's changed this year, but at the time, you were playing about 10 road games in Fenway, right? as a lefty facing a right-handed lineup that's just going to pepper your 
junk pitches off the green monster. And then of course the ball flies out of Toronto. It's not exactly the grand Canyon in Baltimore. And the only reason why Tampa Bay is normally a lower scoring park is because there's so few people in, in the stadium that, that there's like a black hole that gets created and it sucks the air and the life out, out of the uh, Tropicana park. And it's a big old dinkle. <laughs> it's science. Yeah. yeah. It, that is the, I've only been to a handful of parks, major league parks. That that's by far the worst. I thought the worst I was ever going to go to was the old one in Cincinnati. Not the new one. I really want to go to the great American small park, but the old one, uh, what was that? Riverfront Riverfront stadium. Yeah. That was a disaster. That was not built for baseball. That was terrible, but and some of it might have to do with the fact that I had a really bad fever when I was in that stadium in Tampa, but I was watching what should have been a great pitching matchup that day. Chris Archer versus uh, Corey Kluber. And it was a pitching matchup. It was a great pitching matchup, but it was a stinker of a crowd. And it was really early in the season. It was right after we got married and uh, me and my wife got married 2016. And it was right after that. It, it was like a few days after that. It was a part of our uh, uh, honeymoon. We were in Tampa and she was like, you want to go catch a game? Tomorrow? I was like, yeah. And little did I know I was getting, I don't know, back then, I guess, COVID-15, whatever the heck I had. Um but <laughs> I don't think I've ever told you this story. Wife's mad at me, elbowing me, all this stuff because I'm falling asleep. I wasn't falling asleep because I was, you know, had too much to drink or whatever. It was literally because this fever was just crushing me. And she didn't really t- take it serious until after we left the stadium. She was like, I can't believe you kept falling asleep. I was like, I literally, I mean, I was clammy, dude. I was, so we finally took my temp and it was over 100. I'm like, do I get at least a little bit of love now? I mean, what the hell is that? So I love to bring that up every once in a while. <laughs> hey, uh, did you hear that the game the Sox are playing right now? Justin Turner got hit in the face by a pitch. No. Yep. They said he's in stable condition. Oh, wow. Yeah, that just, just happened a little bit ago. Was it a comebacker or... No, it was hit by, he was hit by pitch in the face. Justin Turner. Wow. Yeah. Do you, do you know who the pitcher was? Oh, I, I just saw a blip a few minutes ago before I hopped on. Huh? Now, I'll see if I, I, I've got the game on in the, in the background. I'll, I'll see if they uh, pop something up. That's scary. Hopefully he's okay. Yeah. Hopefully that's. That's not good. Speaking of COVID, Justin Turner. Remember when they let him play in the last game of the World Series when he had COVID in the in the bubble ship? And then they didn't it, it wasn't until like the eighth inning they pulled him out or whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, I can't believe you had COVID. Of course he had COVID. Look at that beard. <laughs> that was probably ground zero. <laughs> That beard came straight from the Wuhan lab. (laughs) 
no that's that's scary i'll i'll have to try to check on that at the break but back to what i was talking about guys like Ramel tapia adam duvall even you know honestly i I know he's not a guy that, that gets a lot of pub but i'm a big fan always have been of jorge alfaro behind the plate that's a really good catcher that's he, he's not even so supposed to be the starter is he uh i don't know i don't believe he is oh and mondesi yeah he, out of mondesi phenomenal young shortstop he just has not been able to stay healthy his entire career believe you me if that kid is healthy and he's playing top top five shortstop in baseball the problem is he's and he has constantly leg issues and he i mean his bread and butter is his legs but it is constantly a, a back a knee an ankle i had him on a dynasty fantasy team for like three years and I'm telling you, the majority of the time, he was just taking up a, a roster spot on my IL. It was just, it was absurd. And you, but when he would get in, you would see the glimpses and you would just be hardheaded and go, no, no, man, this guy's about to turn the corner. This guy's about to turn the corner. And then you get the alert on your phone, Mondesi out three to six weeks because, you know, he, he, uh, stubbed his toe. You're like, dude. Dude, dude, I don't, I don't remember when it was. It was sometime last year. I was like, that's it. I've had enough. <laughs> and then he, and then he leaves Kansas city, to go to Boston. Like, man, all this whole time that he was in Kansas city, if he would have been in Boston, I, I might've even kept him because not that Boston, some juggernaut now offensively, but that stadium Mondesi Mondesi can play in, in that stadium. Let's take a real quick break. We're going to take a check on that justin turner injury that's some scary stuff and when we come back we're going to talk the world baseball classic a couple other things we got an update on mike clevenger and the mets one of their big free agents he's hurt we'll be back in a flash here on braves country and braves country hd wherever you stream look at me 92 come on you know i mean at the role at your age whoopee must be down to a handshake huh <laughs> Yep, before and after. Hey, sports fans. Braves Country is coming your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time on WQEE. Braves Country is a southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We'll be talking the Atlanta Braves and Major League Baseball along with everything important to sports fans in Braves Country the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, and the National Football League, and the big sports news of the day. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE, The Key, 99.1 FM, and simulcasting on YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Dixie Handle Company, five generations of the Strickland family, have produced quality hardwood farm and garden tools, wooden shutters, and custom furniture. This small business has been owned and operated since 1992 and ships to customers across the world. 
if you're looking for the highest quality tool handles, Dixie Handle Company is your place. Every item is handpicked to your specifications. If it's made of wood, they do it. Call now, 931-722-3395. That's 931-722-3395. Or go online to DixieHandle.com. The Dixie Handle Company, welcome to Craftsmanship, a proud sponsor of Braves Country Baseball. It's the best in sports and entertainment, and get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, and every morning right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Well, the season's finally here and the players hit the field. And every man feels like a boy and every wife could kill. Because he's the armchair quarterback. He's full of beer and he's full of snacks. The All-American man. Welcome back. If you're streaming along with us on Braves Country HD, YouTube's the best place to find us with that. Uh, I'm going to share a picture that shows Justin Turner's uh, face right after he got hit in the face. I saw the uh, the video. Can't really share the video because if you share the video, they'll freak out and strike you down or whatnot. But man, it is a scary, scary sight. Um, I don't know if you, if you've had an opportunity to to see that yet, but but here's the picture. Right after as he, after he was rolling around on the ground, he had blood coming out of his uh his left cheek, and it was a right handed pitcher, and he went up and inside. And I don't know if if he just didn't see it in time, but he didn't move nearly fast enough, and he went down like I mean just whap, and he was down. It, so we hope he's okay. They catching flush. It looks like it yeah. did. Yes. I mean, it was, I mean, it was bap. It wasn't like a grazing. It definitely hit him square. Um, now it might've, it, it might've clipped his helmet and that might be where the blood's from because sometimes these guys get hit in the face with a ball and whatnot, but that's not what actually cuts them. It's, it's the helmet, but thankfully the helmet is there to slow the ball down. But uh, yeah, if, if you're looking at this, you, you can see it right there, and he—it is not a good sign. Did you uh, pitching and how hard he threw? What I saw of it, it looked like a fastball. It looked so. I'm think I I didn't see the gun because the video that I saw was kind of from a. It was off of Twitter, right? <laughs> so it's kind of hard to see. Um, and I would have loved to have shared the video. The problem is you share any of that stuff and all the next thing you know, they're taking you down. It just isn't worth it. Um, but it was, I mean, it was, it was up, it was up and in. It wasn't one of those. I always think of the, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but the Travis Darnode where he got hit in the back by uh, what was essentially an EFIS pitch. And he went down like a shot as a joke. I don't know if you've seen that before, but he did. It was a couple of years ago. Braves catcher. It was a, I, th I think it was a, uh, uh, 
a position player, I know the game was out of hand. It was a position player threw a pitch and it, it looked about like an EFIS pitch. If it wasn't, it was like a, like a knuckler. It was, it was slow as hell. And it came in and hit Darnold, and he just kind of stood there for a second. And then he dropped down and he was rolling around laughing and everything. Um, this, this is not what happened to Justin Turner today. Justin Turner got smoked. Hopefully he's okay. You know, tomorrow morning, oh, it's, gonna, it's like he drank a fifth of liquor or something. Oh, it's, he's, yeah, I mean, the best case scenario, he's just bruised in, he'll be out for a few days. And what you fear is that he broke something, you know, fractured you know, his cheekbone or something. And then how long can he, how long does he have to be out? And does he have to wear some kind of pr protective device? Usually when that happens, they're, they're out for a little while. And then when they come back, they have that. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Stanton caught one in the face at it. And I believe yeah, I didn't think that guy was ever going to be right again, but he, he proved me wrong. But when I saw it Stanton, because he was so gun shy after it, I thought he was going to have the yips. I don't know how he fought through that. It's terrifying. I mean, especially, I mean, I don't care how professional you are, you know, a hundred mile an hour or something coming at you. It's, you better be, uh, better be awake and able to move. I'm trying to find, I don't know why of, of all the things I cannot find is how, how long of a deal did Justin Turner sign Two. Okay. Do you remember about when that was, uh, right after JD went to the Dodgers? Oh, I found it. Okay. Oh, it was back in December. I, I, I thought it was, I don't know why, but I thought it was, mid-january okay to year 21 okay there it is it's actually fairly fairly early on so you don't like the wbc i do not lay lay it all out for me why do you hate it i mean i can okay. tell you why i hate it right now is because i just saw the start times for the u.s at 10 p.m eastern and right. that's a bunch of junk that's one um two these pitchers and especially pitchers, but all these, you know, people say, well, they only get play six months a year, but you don't know what they have to do the other six months. And there are routines. They are creatures of routines. These pitchers go out there and they're trying to be in mid season form when they're actually starting earlier than they ever do. They wind up getting injured and, costing their major league team, you know, the ones that are paying them to be there. And it's, it, to me, it's always forced to me because like you've got, like for instance, Kevin Euclid is going to be Israel's uh, batting coach. He was comment. He's commentating for the Sox this year. And Yesterday was his last game in the booth because he's got to go up to Jupiter and start preparing his team for the World Baseball Club. It just throws everything out of whack. There's injuries. People are getting uh, ready too quickly. And it's not that exciting to me. It really is more of a baseball. What can be exciting, I'm not knocking that, but... 
I, I just wish they would leave it alone, honestly. I mean, they do it once every four years, and they could. I wish they would just let it go. I. See, does- I'm in the other. I'm in the other camp. I enjoy it because it comes about this time where the mundaneness of spring training baseball. Now it it hasn't been as dull for Braves fans this year for a lot of reasons, but one of them is. We haven't been on TV at all. I mean, at all. Even the usually we get bailed out by the teams we play or, or putting the game on. And other than playing Boston, we haven't been on TV. Now, no, we were on MLB.com on Sunday against the Yankees, and I got a chance to watch a little bit of it. But most of it has not been broadcasted. Um, in years past, the, the WBC has actually been later in March, about a week or so later. But this this year, I think they realize that they want to get it over with, so the guys can get back and get either, first of all, get back to their trainers in case they're banged up, but then also get back in sync with their team. Uh, I'm just a big fan of watch, and one of the things that I like about it the most is when you see the other countries how much they get into it. This is the closest thing as a baseball fan that we have to the World Cup. And it's fun, and they're doing it for their country, and they're and they're have a lot of fun with it. I guess the only thing that I hate about it is that guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. aren't, aren't playing for the United States, right? And man, the WBC is loaded with Mets players this year, so that's going to be a little awkward pulling for for Mets players. But you, but it, it's at that point you kind of lift that off and say, Hey, these guys are playing for America for the next, hopefully in a perfect uh, scenario, about three weeks. If they get balanced then it doesn't matter, but you don't think it though, it throws the team gelling and all that stuff out of whack because you're there, you're not, you're gone for almost a month and then you come back in and you know, then you've got to start, and the rules aren't the same for the WBC as they are in the majors. And I don't know. It just. Well, they had been the same rules until this year when all the goofy rule changes came into play. Right. So that's, that's why you're dealing with that. I see the question uh, from Lane. He's got a few questions he's hitting us with. First of all, how, how do you feel about the Mets with the, with the New York Mets? I don't think they got better. I think at best they stayed where they were. They didn't add anything to their offense, and a lot of that had to do with the fact that the deal fell through with Carlos Correa. But I think I think that offense is still going to struggle to score. They're going to have good starting pitching as long as they're healthy. But when Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer are your guys and they combine for an age of 80, what is that going to look like late in the summer? So that's my biggest concern if uh, if I'm a Mets fan. The Kodai Senga coming over, okay, we all know that, that he's supposed to be really good, but you don't know how that's going to translate when he comes over to MLB. And Carlos Carrasca has already been a little up and down this spring, and then Quintana's already injured. Jose Quintana had side injury. There's, they're supposed to be getting an MRI looked at him today, and there's supposed to be more on it by tomorrow. He's supposed to be their fifth starter, but he's also supposed to be a guy that's going to go to the post and eat innings, and that's going to be a problem if he, if he can't play. 
it's going to be a huge problem. And then the other question is, how, how do we feel about the Yankees? I, yeah. mean, I mean, Sarge, right now, are they, in your mind, the runaway favorite in the AL East, or is there another team that you're like, they're going to have to deal with them? You know, in other words, can Toronto be that team? Yeah, I think so. I think they can. I Do I think they're going to run away with it? No. Do I think they are probably going to win the division? Yeah, I do. I think uh, the additions they made on their pitching staff, um, it, it really depends, though, because, you know, the Yankees, their whole motto is we don't care if you strike out 500 times, give us 30 home runs. So, you know, it's a little difficult to score as many runs consistently as other teams don't have that motto. I'll tell you a funny tweet that I saw Sunday, Braves, Yankees, and Carlos Rodon pitched for the Yankees, and he got thumped by Atlanta's bats early in the game. Now, the Yankees came back and won, but that was after all the backups were in. He got thumped. And there was a funny tweet that, that came out from a Mark Bowman that said, uh, $165 million doesn't go as far as it used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, I, look, I know it's spring training. A lot of these guys, man, they, they're just working on stuff. So sometimes they don't even care if they give up runs. They're just glad to have live batters in front of them. And I talked about this last week, but there are times when pitchers go out and say, I want throwing is the fastball today. And if the guys pick up on that, they tee off. There are other times they say, I'm not throwing my fastball today. I want to work on my junk, right? So I always take that with a grain of salt. But Matt Olson has been red hot this this uh, spring so far. He's hitting like 880-something with three bombs. Bronson Arroyo or uh, one of the Red Sox has a 752 batting average right now. <laughs> I can't remember which one it is, but they announced it yesterday because Kluber pitched yesterday and he even said afterwards, he's like, you know, uh, it wasn't the outing that I wanted, but I went out there intentionally to work on certain pitches. It wasn't, I didn't treat it as quote, end quote, a game time situation. He's like, I was trying to see where my location would be on certain pitches. So I just stayed with them. You know, so he said Bronson Arroyo. That would be uh, a story because. Oh, I'm sorry. I say that every time, but you know, I mean, uh, <laughs> Christian. Christian Arroyo. Right. Yeah. I say Bronson. Every Bronson time. Arroyo was the pitcher with the with the uh, blonde dreads that was about 122 pounds soaking wet. Yep, he's the one that uh, hit a rod when uh, Veritek and a rod got in the fight. God, so, has that been that long? Yeah, 04, yeah. I don't think he's hitting uh, 752, but I think Christian Arroyo. I think it was Christian Arroyo that's hitting 752 right now, but going away, so doesn't matter. He's going to the stupid WBC now, so. Lane's other question is about the can, can the Mets sign uh, Zach Britton. I'm a little surprised Zach Britton hasn't been signed. Me too. I mean, that guy's a stud. And the only thing I can think of is, is he just asking for too long of a contract? 
because there's no way someone's not giving him an opportunity on a one-year deal. I mean, when Trevor Rosenthal is getting a deal, there's no way that Zach Britton shouldn't be getting a deal. But is he sitting there thinking that he's got he, – look, he's a veteran. He, he's probably working out on his own. Is he sitting back there thinking to himself, and this may not be a bad strategy, I'm going to keep sitting out, I'm going to keep sitting out, and one of you teams who think you're contenders – your closer or your setup guy is going to go down and he's going to go down for a long period of time. And then that's when my phone will ring. Uh, that's taking a risk, but it I'm is, it's, it's taking a huge risk, but he's 35 and he might be looking at this as his last time to really hit the market. Um, he may, he may not be willing to sign for a one-year deal, but I will caution him. Remember that year Shane Green pulled something very similar to that, and he came in and he was terrible. He was absolutely yeah, terrible. If you're bet on yourself, you better not lose. That's the thing, you know. Right, or you know, bet, or you can because he's already made enough money. I mean, he he, right. may, he, he may not be worried about. He might be sitting there going, "Look, I'll pitch," but if not, assuming that he hasn't gone like full MC Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was trying to think of an example, but yes. As long as he hasn't gone that or one of the many backup quarterbacks from the 70s that they always put on during the Super Bowl show. Yeah. Well, we found Joe Schmo under the bridge, and we're going to talk to him about that. Can't believe you're broke. Well, you know, I wasn't making any money in 1973 either, so what the heck are we talking about? <laughs> it's what it is. Yeah, exactly. We got to take off what uh, and hit the hit the break as Tones is coming for hour number two. What what is your uh, walk off for the day, sir? Okay, originally I was going to uh, go ahead and start promoting the Masters. We got one month to the Masters. We got the TPC this week, baby. And uh, but Justin Turner, speedy recovery, buddy. That uh, that looked like it hurt. God bless you, buddy. I hope you do well. Yeah, if you get any info, if you could pop it in the YouTube chat during the show, it'd be appreciated. Because man, that one looked that one looked bad. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we got a lot of football, a lot of baseball, and March Madness is here. We'll be back in a flash. Tones is jumping on right here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Ninety nine point one FM, the key. Get it. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill. Each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. You're listening to WQEE. 99.1 FM, the key in Noonan, Georgia. Armchair. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Sports Radio, number one sports station. Good afternoon, and this is your Armchair Quarterback's Sports Flash. Happy National Oreo Cookie Day and White Chocolate Cheesecake Day. 
That may be a perfect way for Calvin Ridley to celebrate as the ex-Falcon wide receiver and current Jacksonville Jaguar has been fully reinstated to the National Football League. Ridley, who had been suspended indefinitely since March of 2022 for violating the NFL's gambling policy, is eligible to participate in all team activities effective immediately. And it looks like former Las Vegas Raiders quarterback Derek Carr is signing with the New Orleans Saints. Carr appeared to be confirming the news, tweeting Monday, who that? The Saints, who finished 7-10 and last season, were among three teams, including the Jets and Panthers, who have pursued Carr for several weeks. Carr is 31 years old, visited New Orleans, and met with several team members of the organization over two days in early February. When the new men's college basketball poll is out, Houston number one, and the UCLA Bruins have jumped to number two. Kansas is third, Alabama fourth, and Purdue rounds out the top five. Virginia is 13th, Miami 14th, Tennessee number 17, and AM at number 18. The Duke Blue Devils, after beating North Carolina over the weekend, have vaulted to number 21, and the Kentucky Wildcats are 23rd, with the Missouri Tigers slipping into the top 25 for the first time in quite some time. The Atlanta Braves have their first day off all spring on a Monday afternoon, but there's still plenty of action around Major League Baseball. The early games starting at 105 Eastern, Tigers are at the Red Sox in Fort Myers, Astros at the Cardinals down in Sarasota, and St. Petersburg will host Marlins at Rays. One more early game, in Sarasota, Florida, the Baltimore Orioles welcome in the Philadelphia Phillies. The mid-afternoon tilts out west. Cubs travel to the Seattle Mariners facility in Peoria, Arizona. Diamondbacks at the Royals in Surprise, Arizona. And Phoenix will see the Dodgers host the Padres while the Guardians travel to the Angels in Tempe. Rockies are at home in Scottsdale and they'll battle the Rangers. Got a couple of games for Monday night baseball. Pirates are at the Yankees in Tampa. That game starts at 6.35 Eastern. And the Rockies are at the Reds, 8.05 Eastern in Goodyear, Arizona. The association tonight has a few games of interest. Starting at 7.30 Eastern, Hawks at the Heat on NBA TV. While the second part of that doubleheader is Pelicans at the Kings at 10. Other games of interest, Celtics are at the Cavs on a back-to-back for Boston, 7 Eastern. And the Raptors are at the Nuggets at 9. Conference tournament week, continuing from last, has a heavy slate today. Games of note all around college basketball. In the Southland tournament, second round, McNeese is at Nichols. That game is 6 Eastern on the plus. At the same time, over on CBS Sports Network, UNC Wilmington at Hofstra, the CAA Championship Semifinal. At 7 Eastern, Chattanooga is at Furman on the plus. Northern Kentucky is also at Youngstown State. St. Thomas, Minnesota at Oral Roberts. While on ESPN in the West Coast Conference Semifinal, BYU at Top 20 St. Mary's. ESPN2, Horizon League semifinal, Cleveland State at Milwaukee, and the late tilts, 10 Eastern on the plus, Sacramento State at Weber State in the Big Sky Championship quarterfinal, while San Francisco, who's on a little bit of a run in the West Coast tournament, they'll battle top 10 Gonzaga 
at 11.30 on the Deuce. And that's your armchair quarterback sports flash. Stay tuned for Braves Country right here on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, simulcasting on YouTube.com at Braves Country. Tuesday, March 7th, 6.05 Eastern, first pitch. Braves Country is bringing you Atlanta Braves, Boston Red Sox, pitch by pitch, inning by inning, from Northport, Florida at Cool Today Park. Red Sox versus Braves broadcast will begin 6 Eastern, first pitch delivered by 6.05. Catch all the action right here. Make sure to like and subscribe, Braves Country HD, YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country for Atlanta Braves baseball all year long. It's the best in sports and entertainment. And get locked in and locked down with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with your host, me, Ryan O'Neill, each and every morning, right here with the best in sports and entertainment, all the way from professional sports to college sports to River Dragons hockey and everything in between, including some of the very best local and national guests. It's the Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., Monday through Friday, right here on 99.1 FM WQEE. Whenever I bring home Entenmann's Little Bites muffins... Little Bites? That's right, sweetie. Can you just give Mommy a minute? I love Little Bites. I know you do, but we're doing a commercial right now, okay? Got it. As I was saying, whenever I bring home you-know-what, you-know-who gets pretty excited. And so do I. Little Bites muffins are made with real ingredients, no high-fructose corn syrup, and are baked moist and delicious. I love Little Bites! Here you go. Yes! Entenmann's Little Bites muffins. The perfect portion of happiness. 40 games at $50 a piece? That's that's like $2,000. Per seat. Per seat? How many seats did you buy? One. And the one next to it. That's that's $4,000. Unless they get in the playoffs, because for some reason, playoff tickets are more money than regular seats. They'll never make it. What am I talking about? They're a lousy team this year. You spent $4,000 on a lousy team? Well, let me t- explain something to you about basketball. Right. You cannot get season tickets like this with a good team. you got to ride out the bad years. Hoping for a good one. That's what you said 17 years ago when I married you, and I'm still waiting for a good one. Oh, that's all right. Welcome back. Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Dodgers are up on the Padres 6 to nothing. Game is in the fifth inning. It looks like a sideshow Bob is pitching for the Dodgers. Dustin May, they've got big expectations for him this year. To see, uh, battled a lot of injuries here, and uh, he, he himself coming off of Tommy John late last year, and they're hoping that he can be a. Uh, I he's going to have to be more than just a guy that goes out there and gets some starts for him. For the Dodgers to be what the Dodgers hope to be, which is World Series contenders, Dustin May is going to have to be, and look, he, he's he got the talent, but he's going to have to be, let's be honest, maybe not ace material, but he, he's got to be a solid deuce. Because Walker Bueller's hurt. Clayton Kershaw's always hurt. 
other scores around the league as we kind of try to share this onto the screen as we go along here. Uh, Orioles, Phillies, Baltimore beat Philadelphia 10 to 7. Not that these scores are really all that important. Uh, Cardinals over the Astros 7 to 1 today. Rangers up on the Rockies 1 0. And Cubs 2 0 over the Mariners. That game is in the third. And there you have that. We've also got men's college basketball that's going to be in the forefront this entire week. And then you got the TPC, which I've always said that that's the fifth major. I think most people feel that way, especially people that live down here in the Southeast. TPC to me is just as big of a, of a tournament is, is as big of a deal to get the W as any of the four quote unquote majors. And actually, I actually hold it in higher regard than the PGA championship and not, and not to knock the PGA championship. I just, I've always gotten more into the TPC. So, so we will be covering that and that all that action begins on Thursday Looking forward to the TPC. It snuck up on me. I, I didn't realize for some reason I thought it was a week from Thursday when I was laying out my game plan for the shows uh, on Saturday. And then I finally decided to look it up. I was like, hey, you know, they moved it back to, to, to March. And I could have swore it was the week of the of uh, St. Patty's Day one year. I've only been out there a few times, but I could have swore that 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 was the week that I went one time. And St. Patty's Day is next Friday, so for some reason that I had that in my head. But I think they've and I and I do know that they it went up against March Madness once. And March Madness, yes, technically has already started with the conference tournaments, but obviously when most people talk March Madness, we're talking about the field of 68. Well, that's going to be a big deal, obviously. And with the with the TPC getting out of the way this week, that's that's a lot better idea to put it before the tournament than, than to put it during the tournament. I don't remember what year it was, but there was a year that they coincided and I, I, and I just did not understand it, but TPC later on this week, we'll be covering that. And we're expecting good weather down here in North Florida, Southeastern Georgia. And I would suspect it's going to be a very, very fun tournament, a live tournament. And of course, we're with the with the pandemic junk well in the background now. You don't have to worry about any of those restrictions. I got some friends that, that were sharing pictures on on Facebook of uh, the uh, of sawgrass this weekend, and just a beautiful, beautiful tournament. But anyways, we. Uh, We've got that. We've got conference tournaments going on. I caught quite a bit of conference tournaments this weekend, and there were some great ones, but that Kennesaw State game 
was absolutely phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. The ending, the, just the entire game, I was locked into that. And I'm telling you, Kennesaw State is going to put a scare into somebody. Nobody wants to see them in their bracket. Nobody's going to want to see Kennesaw State in their bracket. Now, I don't know where they'll where they'll fit as far as what seeding. I haven't seen that projection. My guess is somewhere around a 13 seed. Maybe even a 12. It, it could be as low as a 14. I don't think they're 15, 16 line. At least they shouldn't be. They should be getting much more respect than that. But I've been following that team two, three months now. I've been following more and more smaller college basketball than I ever have and really enjoy it. And it's fun. And it, honestly, the jockey that we had on the show had a little something to do with it, but the main thing that it had, had to do with it is that I don't have really anyone to pull for in college basketball. And I don't even have a villain to pull for in college basketball. Not this year. Usually, if the University of Florida is really good, I'm at least pulling against them. They're terrible. Florida State's terrible. I couldn't even jump on like a Georgia bandwagon because the Bulldogs and the and the Yellow Jackets are terrible. But Kennesaw State caught my eyes. Like, I'm gonna start watching this because I laid a little on one of their games. I don't even remember when it was. It was late December, early January, and they covered. And I've been following them ever since. And they are they are a fun team to watch. Did you see this story, Ian Rappaport? Is in trouble with the NFL. Now, now they're not going to talk about it, but he's in trouble with the National Football League. And it's a minor trouble, but it's still interesting. Over the weekend, Ian Rappaport sent out a tweet, and I know I'm going to butcher this young man's name, but... Richard Garage or Garage, I'm not 100% sure how he pronounces it. Offensive tackle, University of Florida, was at the combine and he was doing different workouts. I believe that was Saturday. I could be wrong on this. That might have been Friday. But, anyways, point is, he was doing it, we'll just say Saturday. And the next day, he was supposed to do other workouts. And he woke up and he had swollen ankles and told them he wasn't going to be able to do it because he had injured himself. And Ian Rappaport sent out a tweet saying that the offensive lineman from Florida came into the combine healthy, but awoke Sunday morning from swollen ankles because of the pain tolerance test that he took the night before or the day before. Shortly after that, Ian Rappaport quote tweeted his own tweet and said, NFL spokesmen have told me there is no pain tolerance test in the national football league gone by. <laughs> now I don't know what it really was, what it's really called, 
But that's essentially what, what what the nickname must have been, because Ian Rappaport normally wouldn't send something out that's that that's that off base. But he had to come back because remember he works for the NFL, he works for NFL Network, and he had to come back and say, "I know I said what I said, but there, but pay no attention to the man behind the curtain." And so he came back and un untweeted it, so to speak, because he corrected himself but some of the some of the comments were classic but one of the, the best comment that i saw was one of the fans out there quote tweeted his original tweet about the pain tolerance tests about the offensive lineman not making it to the next day and he said i guess we got our answer about his tolerance for pain <laughs> we've got tampa tones joining us so let's go ahead and bring him in real quick as a busy, busy weekend of all sports, Tampa Tones, how the hell is ya? <clears throat> Doing great, brother. One of those days where the days go by and we're one day closer to Selection Sunday for March Madness. And real quick, just want to give a rest in peace to Dave Wills, Rays radio broadcaster, former Chicago guy, did pre and post game for the White Sox many years, Notre Dame games, USC games, was a Rays radio broadcaster since 05. Passed away at the age of fifty-eight last night. Just terrible to see. Oh, I I didn't even see that. That's yeah, that's awful. Yeah, out of nowhere too. He was fine, and uh, you know he announced the spring training game Saturday, and then uh, yesterday they got the news that he passed away at fifty-eight. Doing Rays games since 05, Him and Andy Freed together in the radio booth. So uh, you know it shook up the world of the Tampa Bay Rays. They didn't even do a radio broadcast yesterday or today because they're trying to figure out how to deal with such a loss. Yeah, did, did they give a, a cause? Not yet. They just said he died suddenly in his sleep. Um, no cause or anything like that to to this point in time besides just a freak death as of right now in the middle of the night. Well, that is terrible. Um, I see, I'm seeing a bunch of, uh, articles about him. I don't see anything that, that, uh, says what, what he may have passed away from, but anyways, uh, yeah, yeah. That's a terrible, terrible story. I hate to hear that. Yeah, you know, we're you know armchair quarterbacks got Rays baseball back. Not as much as the Braves, but we mourn any broadcaster loss, and this one hits home. So uh, prayers up to the Rays and their family and organization. So what did you watch the most of this weekend? In entirety, in terms of number of games, college basketball by far. But let me tell you, I watched two compact pay-per-views start to finish Saturday, UFC, Sunday, wrestling, AEW. Those were nice, but college basketball took my heart home this weekend, I will say. I watched a lot of college basketball. I I did watch a little college baseball, and I checked out Atlanta's uh, spring training game yesterday, but... You can only tune into most of that stuff for so. Is Jason Hayward a Dodger? Yep, he signed a minor league contract with them. I thought I thought that was him. He just hit one in, into center field, and his his swing is like no other. And I was like, that's got to be Hayward. Yeah, only one guy has a swing like him. 
By the way, I know this is spring training doesn't realistically matter, but the Dodgers have a no hitter going into the sixth. Ooh, we the Cubs threw one on Friday night, um, a combined one. Oh, did they? Yeah, kind of cool. Oh, yeah, it, it better be a combined one. If any manager out there let his starter go nine innings to complete a no hitter in spring training, he better have a really long contract. <laughs> That's all I know. Very fair. Yeah, I didn't even, when I put it into terms, I didn't even think of it like that. But you're right. No one better have a complete game no hitter in the spring. Who are they playing? Uh, I want uh, That's a good question for that night. I am not sure exactly. I know on Thursday they played Oakland, and on Saturday they played uh, the Angels. Friday, I am not sure. I will look. I would just like to know if, if there were a bunch of guys re- released on Saturday. <laughs> that's always what I'm asking. That. Yeah, he got released. He got released. He got released. Uh, Padres it was. The Padres. Cubs, by the way, leads uh, Seattle two to one right now in the fourth. It was the first spring training no hitter since 2017. Well, we might get another one. It, isn't that crazy with sports? Something doesn't happen for you know five to ten years, and then I feel like they come in bunches a little bit. Well, especially with the new rules, I don't even know what to make of that. Other than it would just be a coincidence, right? Uh, I didn't see who started for the Dodgers. I, I, last inning or so, Dustin May's been pitching, and I've been watching him. I'm a big fan of his. Um, and he and he's going back out there, but he's only got like 15 pitches into the game. So he, or yeah, so he, this is probably only his second inning is uh, is what I'm gathering. Mm. So I, I don't know who started, but. Uh, they are playing their guys longer in because we're in the sixth inning, and I noticed that Rojas is playing short. Uh, Rognado Doors at the plate for the Padres. Wow. Padres got Odor, oh, Nelson Cruz. They're just uh, signing. Yeah, they're signing all the veterans, him and Nelson Cruz amongst others. It's like, geez. Well... I think Odor, best case scenario, is a bench piece. Mm-hmm. He he hasn't hit his weight in, qu- in quite some time. Right. Jason Hayward is an interesting signing by the Dodgers because he's a guy that they're probably they probably have him in there for defense if nothing else, and if they can get his swing straight. I mean, look, Hayward at this point is not going to go out there and hit forty bombs. Right, but if you can have him as a decent piece off the bench, and he he still has a good glove, mm-hmm. that's that's a valuable thing to have, especially a veteran. I've always liked Hayward. I hated that he, first of all, I hated when the Braves traded him, but then when he signed that long deal with the with the Cubs and then never lived up to the billing, I hated that for him. Hey, and I will say this, not that, like you said, obviously signed long deal, never lived up to the billing. He'll be known as the guy around here who we overpaid. But at the same token, he'll be known as a good off the field guy and really good defensive glove who did contribute to the World Series team. Obviously, with all that being said, we did overpay the guy, but he did have his moments in Chicago and he did help bring us the World Series for the first time in over 100 years. So 
A lot of Cubs fans will say this and that about him, and deservingly so based on how much he got paid. But at the same token, it's not like he never had his moments, and it's not like he didn't make an off-the-field impact. I'm seeing that uh, I appreciate Ryan telling us back at the studio, it looks like uh, it was Matt Manning that that threw the ball that hit. uh, If you're just joining us, Justin Turner was hit in the face today in spring training. And I don't know if you saw this or not tones, but he was hit in the face and, and he went down like a shot. Now I think he's okay to a degree, but he, but he obviously came out of the game, but it, I mean, it hit him flush in the face and it was Matt Manning of the tigers that hit him. It was one of those high and inside fastballs. And I mean, it went up and in and got him quick. And we showed the picture earlier of, of, um, Turner with with the blood trickling down his face. Hope hoping for the best for Turner. That that's a that's a tough way to to start the spring. Yeah, especially a new face in a new place there. And the Tigers have a lot of hopes for Matt Manning. You hope a young guy doesn't get a little scarred by hitting someone in the face as such. So hopefully Turner, Manning, and everyone involved is good to go moving forward. That's scary stuff right there in the world of baseball. That's what makes baseball scary. A lot of people say, you know, it's not that big of contact physicality. Well, you're in the box. Played, man. If you think baseball isn't contact, you never played. Correct. When when you're standing in that box, when you're running those bases, when you're out in the field, eh, it's a little bit of a different story, especially coaching six or seven years. You really see – as a player, you see it too, don't get me wrong, but when you're actually coaching – and you see all the injuries, the banged up, the hit by pitches. You go through a lot in one in one summer. Not to mention the fact the little things that people don't pay attention to when you're running the bases and you're sliding and and, and banging on the ground and into the bases and whatnot. And those aren't looked upon as collisions, but that does take a toll on your body. It used to be much worse. The the collisions at the plate, the uh, the I mean, total knockout plays. I call them the Chase Utleys at second base. They uh, they they've cleaned that up. In mm-hmm. I miss them, but I understood why they did it. the The play at the plate was the one that I think needed to be done. I think they went overboard when they took away the runner's ability to slide you out of the way on a double play. I agree with that. If you come out of the base line, then yes, I agree with that. But if you're doing a clean slide and as long as you're not doing like a, you know, a Ty Cobb version with spikes high and trying to injure somebody, I don't think that that, that that should have ever been taken out, but they, it was an overreaction because of chase Utley's dirty play that he made not when he was with Philly, but I think he was with the Dodgers at that point. The the uh, the dirty play that he did against the Mets, I think it was the Mets' second baseman, but it might have been their shortstop. But uh, that was almost ten years ago. Real quick update: moves NFL tag. Here we go. Josh Jacobs tagged. Evan Ingram tagged. Uh, Frank Clark released by this Kansas city chiefs. And then if you, if you're just joining us earlier, Derek Carr, four year, $150 million deal. 
Tony Pollard was uh, tagged by the Cowboys, Bud Dupree dropped by the Titans, and Eric Kendricks, linebacker for the for the Vikings, he was released along with some other moves that, that were made over the last few days. Mm-mm-mm. So I'm sure we'll keep seeing those trickle in. Today was the day by 4 p.m. Or maybe it's tomorrow. I think it's tomorrow. It's 4 tomorrow at 4. Yeah, 4 p.m. deadline for the tag. And then Monday, a week from today, essentially starts free agency. They say it's it's not until next Wednesday, but the the early tampering or whatever they call it, you know, uh, free agency for all intents and purposes starts 6 p.m. Monday. It officially you can officially sign your name on the dotted line a week from Wednesday at four or six p.m. So all that's going to be going on in the NFL. And while that's going on, you got the TPC, which we'll be talking later on this week, and then. And then you're going to have March Madness rolling in. World Baseball Classic starts this week. A lot of stuff to get into, a little time to do it. Let's take a real quick break, Tones. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of the NFL and get into some March Madness. We'll be back in a flash here on Braves Country and Braves Country HD, wherever you stream. Tuesday, March 7th, 6.05 Eastern, first pitch. Braves country is bringing you Atlanta Braves, Boston Red Sox, pitch by pitch, inning by inning, from Northport, Florida, at Cool Today Park. Red Sox versus Braves broadcast will begin 6 Eastern, first pitch delivered by 6.05. Catch all the action right here. Make sure to like and subscribe, Braves Country HD, YouTube.com forward slash at Braves Country for Atlanta Braves baseball all year long. Hockey season, and that means new merch over at ourdragonsmerch.com. Get the latest designs and some of our fun new souvenirs ahead of what's sure to be a great hockey season. Celebrate another season of River Dragons hockey by getting a new look to wear on game days, or surprise the big-time sports fan in your life with a new keepsake that will make them a River Dragons fan for life. Order online right now at ourdragonsmerch.com. That's the letter R, dragonsmerch.com. We'll see you at the rink. Hey, sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's The Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Are you listening? Welcome back. Wheels have fallen off this no hitter. Not really sure what has happened, but I have seen that it looks like the bases are loaded. There's two away. I'm assuming someone got a, a base hit in the inning. Dodgers leading 6-0 over the Padres. And 
If you see this controversy with the with the pitch clock and all the games that Max Scherzer was uh, playing over the weekend, yeah, apparently uh, they're going to crack down on those little foley's as well, huh? By the way, Matt Carpenter signed with the with the Padres too. I, I missed that. That's wild. Another Weird veteran. Seeing Matt there. Carpenter with the with the porn stash, it's even weirder seeing him in a San Diego Padre universe in a, a uniform. Correct. They've got every, I mean, their, their average age of their bench is going to be like 62. Yeah. Rodor. Odor. Sorry. They're going to be known as ARP. Cruz. I think. Yeah. Never mind. I, I was trying to make out who that was on second base, but I, I can't make out his name. I, I don't think I was right. I thought it might have been uh, Daryl Strawberry. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're hiring everybody off the trash heap. Yeah, I think they actually uh, traded for Mark Pryor, for the Dodgers pitching coach, to become their opening day starter. Well, he, he's going to piggyback. <laughs> <laughs> they got a plan. They got a plan. Oh yeah. Uh, this this past weekend, talk, talking a little college basketball. Before we get into that, real quick, the NFL Combine. Anything jump out at you other than obviously everyone's drooling over the the quarterback, uh, Anthony Richardson from Florida. Yeah, there was a USC offensive lineman who was highly regarded, and he was actually a top hundred potential pick Andrew Voorhees that is some had him as a late first round early second rounder get this story Voorhees tore his ACL in the combine on Sunday or uh, on Saturday or Sunday and then he proceeded to do the bench press and still pumped out 38 reps of 225 pounds with only one leg on the ground and the other leg was kind of dangling there so um the Combine, a lot of people, you know, say it's past its prime. I get it's a little dry and boring for sure as well. But a, a lot of these kids still view it as such a big step for them to get in the NFL. For example, a guy with the torn ACL going out there and bench pressing the way he did. I know it's not the most exciting thing in the world, but kudos to the city of Indianapolis for putting on a good, useful tool for the draft. Maybe not an exciting tool for the draft, but I'll put it as this a useful tool for the draft. Well, it was a little goofy to me back when it used to be popular. People used to talk about it all the time. And I was always like, what, what are you, you're, I mean, you're basically, you're, you're talking about how guys perform in their panties <laughs> in indoors in what, February, March, you know, what does that have to do with how, how they're going to play football? I did. I did find this interesting though. The, by the way, what you're talking about there is pretty impressive because I used to lift years ago and people don't realize it, but when you bench press, you are, you are using your legs. Usually mm-hmm. I forget what we used to call, it, but there was a, there was a term that we used when we would, basically put our our legs uh crossed in the air mm. and do bench presses i forget what it was called there, there was a term and that was kind of one of those things 
you would do it to show off to other people who lifted. It did nothing for the women because they're like, what is he doing? They had no idea what you were doing, they, that it was actually much more difficult. But that that is a uh, a pretty impressive thing. I saw that the defensive back, Jamie Robinson from Florida State, mm-hmm. did the bench press. And he's not a very big guy. I think 24, 25 times was his rep. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty impressive for, I mean, these guys are just getting bigger and stronger and, but, but he's not a big guy, but I just, I just tells you, I, what I did stumble across here was they're calling it the all combine team and basically saying who, who impressed and they picked CJ Stroud, which surprises me because so many people have been just, I mean, drooling over Anthony Richardson in, in his physical his physical ability. Bijan Robinson, the running back out of Texas, was the running back they chose. Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama was the receiver. I find that interesting considering uh they have him ranked just above Jackson Smith Jigba. And, and that's very interesting. You know, I heard the receiver between free agency and the draft receivers is one of those things. It sounds like it's a little scarce all the way around. You might get your mid to late round wide receivers, but it seems like outside a handful of receivers, this isn't one of those receiver heavy drafts. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this as well. Quick little note here with Will Levis. He threw the fastest mile per hour in uh, combine history as well. He threw faster than Mahomes and a handful of other guys. Will Levis now holds the combine record for fastest throw of a football. I forget the exact mile per hour, but man. It hits you at the end of the day because you got to be able to put touch on the ball and read defenses. I, I'd, I'd be more impressed if you told me he did that at a baseball combine. You know, I just, I don't know. I I agree with that. Because uh, honestly, I don't even, when, when, be, to be honest with you, when I think of Patrick Mahomes, I don't think of him zipping it in there. Yeah, and of him having perfect touch and being able to read defenses and buys time with his legs and does Patrick Mahomes type things. Yeah, and real quick here, I don't know if you've seen this story, not combine related, but NFL related. Philip Rivers has expressed a potential comeback, according to Rich Eisen in some reports. <laughs> Please let him go to the Colts. That'd be perfect. Uh, <laughs> him and uh, Cam Newton can, can, can fight it out in the spring. Um, the tight end that they chose was Darnell Washington out of the University of Georgia. Mm. And let me see. Offensive tackle, Broderick Jones, Georgia Bulldogs. Cody Mock from North Dakota State. Guards. Excuse me. Sydney Sal from Eastern Michigan. And Jordan McFadden from Clemson. The center they picked was Ohio State's Luke Weipler. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to hit up the 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 defense because they did one for the defense as well. And let me see here. Yeah, I heard from Northwestern. I'm gonna butcher the name, but a edge D lineman at a Tomiwa at a Baware had a heck of a combine. They said if it weren't for Anthony Richards, that one. <laughs> Crazy, but if Anthony Richardson, uh, if it weren't for him, they said this that guy would have the nickname's lickety-split the moment he gets in the league. <laughs> Brian 
Uh, Breesy from uh, Clemson, interior lineman, along with Jalen Redman from Oklahoma, and then Nolan Smith. So those were the interior linemen. Uh, let me see here. What we got here. Um, or I'm sorry, the technically edge rusher Nolan Smith, and then Will Anderson. That now that surprises me. Smith ranked over Anderson because everyone's talking about Anderson going in the top three. Mm. Then uh, your Northwestern guy, I'm going to call him Double A. Uh, he is in there. Linebacker. Oh, man. Henry Tutu. Is that how you pronounce that? I I would guess so. That would be my assumption. I think he might be from the islands. Uh, that's an awesome name. Who who would want a, a jersey with Tutu on the back of it? Uh, Jack Campbell, Iowa, also made it. Jeremy Banks of the Tennessee Volunteers. And defensive back, all-combine team, Gonzalez from Oregon. Let me see if there's a... a uh, Banks from Maryland, Michigan's DJ Turner, Brian Branch from Alabama, and Sydney Brown from Illinois. And I think that, yeah, that's it. So, a lot of usual suspects there, but I was a little surprised that they didn't go all bananas about uh, Richardson because that's, I'm, I'm listening to three different shows this morning on, on my way to work. That's all they were talking about. Yeah, and you know, this was one of those things where, I've, like you said earlier, it it is a little bit of a useful. Yeah, yeah, you know, the combine is a glorified what gym practice. Let's put it like that. It reminds you of what you did in gym class in high school and whatnot. And I mean, it was obvious to tell that people would be impressed by Anthony Richardson. Now, the important thing is when he's thrown in pads or when he has his pro day. How will those results match up to the combines? And if so. He is serious top five pick potential. I don't know what Brandon is saying here. It says, did you hear the Astros versus today versus what? I've seen that and I, I wasn't quite sure myself. Brian is claiming that the Canes are ACC champs. He can't be referring to football season. <laughs> <laughs> Bang zoom. And did you hear uh, I think they L- got thumped by Florida in baseball because I, I saw it yesterday. It was seven to one. Wow. So they're getting used to that in multiple sports, I guess. But uh, SEC player of the year and freshman of the year went out to Alabama's Brandon Miller, the one surrounded by some controversies right now. That's going to be interesting when we hit the NC. I don't think he'll get much of it at the SEC tournament. He might. But when you get to the NCAA tournament and that becomes a bigger and bigger story, the deeper they go into the, into the tournament, A, the press, B, how are the fans going to react to them? And I, I can't believe, speaking of similar thing, what a goofball John Morant is, huh? Dude, this guy, what is he doing? Yeah, and I went on a rant about this about, I don't know, two and a half, three weeks ago. When one of many things that he's been involved in, I mean, let's talk about the fact that him and his posse had a had a red light uh, laser that they were cl- that the Indian uh, Indiana Pacers coaching staff claimed to be a gun pointed at them after a game. He supposedly got in a fight and beat up a seventeen year old kid in a pickup game. 
last Jeez. summer. 17? 17 years old? And then he pulled a gun out. I don't know if it was the same instance, but he pulled a gun out as well on a kid sometime last year. And all this stuff is starting to come out. And then he brandishes a gun in the middle of a, I guess it, I guess it was a strip club. I don't know. It was a real, real, <laughs> wasn't a high dollar one. I don't know what he was doing in there, man. I mean, you got that NBA money. What are you doing, man? You can afford better strip clubs, but <laughs> I mean, he looked like the, the, he got to one of those ones where there's, you know, a free breakfast buffet at four in the morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> coupon clipping. Uh, but he's he's showing it, and the what was what was really funny. A couple of the reactions to the gun that he showed. If people didn't see the video, it looks like a gun. I mean, it looks like what they used to call a Saturday night special that women would tuck into their uh, into their stockings. I mean, it was a little bitty gun. He's over there, <laughs> he's over there waving it. I'm like, man. All you're going to do is shoot someone with that. And you're going to make them mad. They're going to pistol whip you with the thing. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, what are you doing, man? Like you, you have the ability to become a billionaire and you're going to throw it all away. Cause you're hanging out with some dopey crew. And he was one of those guys who had the whole NBA fan base, not everybody, but a lot of people love this guy. He grew up in a good surrounding, you know, he went to Murray state, a lot of respectful stuff. And now his behavior is getting to him. Usually you see it the other way around, right? They start well, off. This, you know, well, the other thing is, so with all this is going on, his dad is enabling him. His dad's His dad got into it. I don't know if everyone saw this, but his dad got into it with Shannon Sharp on the court versus when they were playing the Lakers mm -hmm. on the side. His dad's involved in this. And people try blaming up. Shannon. Be a dad to your son who obviously needs some kind of direction because he's still a kid. He's 22, 23 years old, whatever he is. I did a lot of dumb things too. Difference was I wasn't on social media. They didn't have it back then. And number two, no one would have cared what I was doing because I wasn't John Morant. Mm -hmm. But man, if I ever had that opportunity growing up to be in his position, I mean, dude, get the big picture. Whatever these dopes are, I, I don't remember who was on the show, but we talked about this sometime. I want to say, I don't remember who it was, but anyways, I was referring to back when Allen Iverson was coming up with, with the, with the Philadelphia 76ers about 20 years ago or so. And he was hanging out with these, with, with these roughnecks and the owner of the, of the Philadelphia 76ers pulled his little posse off to the side and basically told him to, to beat it. Because he told them in no uncertain terms, you might think you're a bad man, but I have the kind of money that makes people like you disappear. So if you don't get away from my investment, it's going to get uglier. Right. Mm. And they, they got the point in, in and left. Someone's got to have this kind of come to Jesus meeting with Morant. It really needs to be his dad, but evidently his dad is a child as well. 
Yeah, and it's really a shame to see a lot of the time with these NBA stars or with these, you know, younger athletes, maybe in college perhaps as well, it's either their brother or a parent enabling them. And this seems to be the case of just that. We've seen it with the balls before with LeVar Ball when, you know, he was inciting a lot of random behavior. Now you're seeing it with Morant as well. And then you've seen it with Derrick Rose's brother back in the day. Sometimes people can't separate business from family and it hurts him instead of helps him in the long run. Seems to maybe be the case with John Morant. From what I can tell, his dad's dope. I mean, he's just he he's he's not being a father to his son. And it's and it's sad because Morant is was one of my favorite players, but I'm slowly getting to the point where I I don't want to pull for him because he's coming off as a slime ball. Mm-hmm. But he but he plays for Memphis, so I want to pull for him. And he's an exciting player. I'm going to get it from the benefit of the doubt one more time, but he's going to, he's on that track where he's going to pull something and it's going to ruin his career. And it's all because he's worried about his stupid street cred, which is the dumbest thing anybody could ever worry about, especially when you are a bona fide superstar in the nba who can make a billion dollars over his career and and like we said he's literally a trendsetter right now in the league he's a young guy maybe the youngest brightest guy with the most potential in the nba he's on his way to becoming a billionaire but usually you get better as time goes on with your behavior he's getting worse the only time someone is ever legitimately worrying about their street cred and you could almost defend it is these rappers who are living vicariously through fictitious lives and rapping to you about a bunch of BS that we all know is BS and they do something because they want to prove that what they're saying is true. Right. Mm-hmm. If, 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 if 5% of what they were saying was true, it, they would be behind bars. So if you're dopey enough to believe that stuff, then it is what it is. And at one point, I was young enough to dopey enough to believe that stuff. You know, I, I was 17, 18, listening to NWA and whatnot, right? But you finally grow up and realize that. But the point is, Morant is still a young kid. I'm not even laying this. I'm laying it on his dad. I mean, his dad is with him at every game. He's a part of his entourage. So he is enabling this. And he's worse than what... Remember, we used to go bananas over what... uh the ball kids dad would always lavar ball yeah lamar i, I, I want to call him lamar and i was like wait a minute it's it, it's alonzo it's <laughs> anyways um we used to go crazy over that but he was never promoting any of this kind of nonsense he was just you know he, he was a showman he was basically uh don king or the wwe he was just it was all hype Mm-hmm. But this is just, I mean, this is just nonsense. It's getting out of control. And even you've seen the sun. Passed and-, out of control. and the NBA needs to grow a pair and do something about it. The NBA has done nothing. He's stepping away for two games. You see that little thing that he put out? I'm stepping away for two games. Two games? What is What is that? And he said, like, he can't help his emotions without playing with one. Then it's like, well, what else this guy might have done? You know what I'm saying? If he can't help his emotions and needs a gun to handle him, what else could he have done? 
I mean, take some boxing lessons and maybe you won't have to pull up that pea shooter. Yeah. But, but if I'm an NBA player and I'm hearing this and I'm seeing this, I'm antagonizing him the next time he comes out. Correct. I'm doing anything I can to get under his skin. And I've seen he's going to Carmelo Anthony for advice. So oh, that's great. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> great. <laughs> you know, I can't think of a better person. It's like, realistically, I know it sounds cliche and, you know, he had gambling issues, but go to Michael Jordan and ask him, what the hell should I be doing? Michael Jordan's not going to waste his time with him at this point. True. My, Michael Jordan doesn't waste his time with a lot of people. You're Michael right Jordan, on that. Michael Jordan lives Michael Jordan's life. But Michael Jordan has never been one that really helps people. Right. He's going to have to find someone who's a mentor in his life. There's got to be someone, and it's not his dad, and that's and, and that's the saddest part of the entire thing. But someone in the Memphis organization needs needs to be there. And the first thing they need to do is at the end, and when the game is over, let's go get something to eat. We're not going to go hang out in the club till four in the morning. Right. What was it? Five something in the morning that he, that he was brandishing that gun on uh, Instagram Live. In Denver after a loss, I believe. I mean, that that part I'm not concerned with. The point is, he's out really late. Now, maybe that was five-something. Well, the- I, I'm concerned because what the hell? What did you miss a team flight that you're out in Denver after? Usually, you get out of there and your team travels right after the game. What are you doing still in Denver? Why aren't you... With your team, where the heck is well, your team? Sometimes they don't travel till the next day because it really depends on what, what, what the road trip is doing. But if he's in Denver, that may not have been local time that they showed. That may have been, I don't know if Denver is three or two back at this point in the calendar, but still we're talking about 2.30, 3.30 in the morning. Eastern or local time. Denver would be three hours back this time of year from okay. Eastern time. So two thirty in the morning. I can tell you from experience, nothing good happens there in a strip club at two thirty in the morning. No, I say nothing. Nothing happens good. I mean, there isn't a thing. I can tell you this much. Those times that I was there, I wasn't sitting right next to Pops. Yeah, for real. You kidding me? Oh. He was probably hand in hand with his dad, and you know I, what? I've been embarrassed for him to know that I was out doing things like that during in, during the season when I'm supposed to be staying in shape. Yeah. What's your lock for the day? My lock for the day. We're heading to the ice. I need a big one, and I need to catch some heat again. I'm going with the L.A. Kings tonight. They're home against the Washington Capitals. They're minus one forty one. On the straight-up line, so get the L.A. Kings to win in regulation or overtime, minus 141, home against the Washington Capitals. That's a light puck drop, not until 10.30 Eastern time tonight. Okay. Um, Not as prepared as I normally am. Oh, it's up to three and a half. You know what? Give me Northern Kentucky. They are getting three and a half against Youngstown State. That line was two and a half this morning, three this afternoon. I like the fact that it's moving in the direction of Northern Kentucky. Northern Kentucky is a solid team. It's it's a clash. It's the semifinal in the in the Horizon League. I think the winner of this ends up winning it. 
Northern Kentucky getting three and a half points. Give me the points. And Northern Kentucky, that's a that's on ESPNU at seven o'clock Eastern. And they're they're getting three and a half or giving. I've officially done it, by the way. I've given YouTube TV my walking papers at the end of the month. So I'm up for all suggestions on where I should go. I think right now I'm leaning Fubo, but um I gotta have something that's gonna have MLB.tv or sorry, MLB network. Why don't they have MLB network? Who does? I'm saying why don't they have MLB network? Who? YouTube? Yeah, why wouldn't they have it? They got rid of it like a month ago. They got some big argument with them. Didn't want to had something to do with the fact that MLB Network wasn't going to carry uh, as many or any ball games this year, which really doesn't rip matter. That's not why you want an MLB Network. You you want it for the other content. And I get weeks, and I let it go through the Super Bowl, and then I started spring training. And though I get most of the games anyways because of my other ways of watching. Um, I finally, I was like, I'm done. So I'm putting it on pause and, and I'll be back by football season when, when, cause YouTube TV is getting the NFL ticket. Right. So, so I'll, I'll be back for that, but I'm, I'm not sitting there all summer with it. I kept thinking they're going to work it out. They're going to work it out to where I'm done, man. Adios, chacho. And, and you hate that with these streaming services. I feel like that's becoming more popular and it's stupid. It's really dumb. What is your walk-off for the day, sir? Again, one last time, brother. Uh, I don't mean to mention it again, but rest in peace to the late, great Dave Wills, Rays radio announcer, 58 years young, died suddenly. Everyone give your loved ones a hug because you never know when it's your time, and Rays baseball won't be the same without you, Dave Wills. Rest in peace to the Chicago kid. My walk-off is stay tuned for the for the snowman. He's coming up here at uh, 5 p.m. I'll be on his show tomorrow night. Uh, be on there routinely on Tuesday nights and uh, get your morning started right with Rhino Radio Penitentiary, 7 to 10, noon to 2, Rod Peterson Show, and 2 to 3, Sports Beat. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, 3 to 5, we go live. And then at 6.05 Eastern tomorrow night, Braves Country, bringing your Braves Red Sox, baby. We're back after our first day off in uh, all spring long. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Let's ride. All right, brother. We'll we'll see you uh, next time, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow, three to five. Tomorrow is uh, it's Joey Day. We'll we'll uh, we got that in our uh, Braves report that we're, that we're doing every Tuesday and Friday at the beginning of the show. We'll see you. Goodbye, sweetheart. Where it's time to go. We're back tomorrow with another show. Guys and gals, it's time to go. We'll see you on the next show. Same back time, same back channel. Thanks for listening to Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks on 99.1 FM WQEE, The Key in Noonan, Georgia, and simulcasting on youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country. Braves Country comes your way weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Please follow, like, and subscribe today. Armchair Quarterback Radio, your first choice for Southern sports. Something up, this up,
remember something of a fifth of September. She said a lot that I can't remember. Something of a fifth. Can I get another cigarette, please? Can I get another cigarette, please? Yeah, I know I live to regret it. Just give me another cigarette, please. You're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key in Noonan, Georgia. Tuesday, March 7th, 6.05 Eastern, first pitch. Braves country is bringing you Atlanta Braves, Boston Red Sox, pitch by pitch, inning by inning, from Northport, Florida at Cool Today Park. Red Sox versus Braves broadcast will begin 6 Eastern, first pitch delivered by 605. Catch all the action right here. Make sure to like and subscribe. Braves Country HD, youtube.com forward slash at Braves Country for Atlanta Braves baseball all year long. 